When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever refused to forgive someone for something? Mm, yes. One time when my dad called uh, the cops on me, um, I, I was, uh, at that point, I, I told them, uh, you know, for a long time, I'm, I'm, uh, when, this was back when I was younger, I told them for a long time, I'm, not, I'm never gonna, ever going to talk to you or anything like that. And um, It took a while, but then I was, you know, I was able to get over it. Because, you know, it's, it's a long time ago, and I, I thought I'd never get over it, but, you know, I, uh, in life, you just have to let go of things. Previously in Greater Boston. What about dipshit? I've got an inside tip he's being held somewhere around Kendall Square, but I don't have the exact location. Then I found a message in a bottle. Nika, addressed to her brother, Dimitri. There's just one more I need to rip off. Gonna be a real fucking painful one, I can tell. It was cool. What it in character voice right now. All right. Malden. Red Dorchester. Like Bronx Bay. Somerville. I've been my whole life. This is... This is... This is... Greater Boston. This week in Greater Boston, episode 35, I am who I am, we are who we are. Walking around and talking to people, the general consensus is that people are scared, but also willing to follow you wherever we're going. But the longer we delay on telling them where we're going, should we speed things along and head to Wonderland now? No, we all need to go together, once we find Dip. Dipshit. Dippy. Then we can all bring him to Wonderland. But he has to be our top priority. We've left him in the hands of those cheese-faced maniacs long enough. He can't be our top priority until we know where he is. Charlotte's right. There's no sense planning around hypotheticals. His location is everything. We're running out of time. Some of us are. Everyone is welcome to stay in our rail home until we have the details figured out. I appreciate the hospitality, Charlotte. But permit yourself to think like Emily for a second. Do I have to? If she's looking to eliminate her enemies, your rail home is the first place she's going to search. There's no law that says we can't have guests in our home. Guests, sure, but political refugees? Or terrorists. Either way, we bundle together in your rail home, we're sitting ducks. Which gives Emily a chance to make herself a big ol' order of confit. Besides, all of us here might fit in your rail home, but where are we going to put everyone ready for their exodus? Let's work with what we know. Louise's contact says she knows the lab is somewhere near Kendall. Even if we don't know exactly where it is, what can we use to help us get inside? Oh, we can do a really loud drum circle. Lily of the Valley is like totally gonzo on the bongos. I think we may need something that brings slightly more attention. Okay, but for real, she can bring the noise like you wouldn't believe. Noise. That might not be a bad idea, though. Sounds like a machine gun with those things. If Ethan's in his lab, he's going to want to concentrate. Not that I know what a machine gun sounds like. And if we make enough noise, cause enough of a distraction, 
he's going to investigate. My insistence on a violence-free life means I'm committed to being completely ammunition-free. Or he'll send his goons to investigate. Some of those cheese mongo trons. No violent movies or TV shows. No violent noises of any kind. If they're coming from the lab to investigate, then we know where he is. We could have multiple levels of distraction. Loud noises, uh, people leaving, the exodus. I witnessed a fistfight starting to break out once and buried my head in the sand. Maybe the press reporting on it all? Yes, the press. The exodus. No exaggeration. I just took out my emergency pacifist shovel and just started digging right in. Uh, flooding the platform with people, the station, wherever they're Fist fights could sound like gobbling turkeys for all I know. And then if they're looking for the source of the noise... We distract them. Which... Now that I think about it... While we have spying eyes looking to where they came would from... Would be hysterical. What if they send redline police? Is that why boxing is so popular? We'll need to make sure they can't. Shut down the trains? Our exodus could help with that. Hang on. Shut down the trains and make a lot of noise? I got it. I've got an idea. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Body blow, body blow. Gobble, gobble. Uppercut. Jab, jab. Oh my goddess. Wow. <laughs> what? What? We've got a plan, 23. That's all. You're good. No plan yet. Not until we know exactly where the lab is. Let me call Louisa again. Nika was assembling files about the yard goats. Where the hell is that stupid form? Emily was planning on attending a ceremony where drafted players for Redline's new baseball team... 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 Uh, uh. Now, I... Wait. What? Any progress? Classical Sweden 6A time. Hmm. I passed on your equipment request to Emily. And you have a date to prepare for, as part of our agreement. Let me babysit the ball for a spell. Look here, see that? Brainwaves, a moment ago, here they were divided, and then here they start to merge and become one, and here the split again. Uh, This one looks slightly different now. Tides change with the motion of the moon. Where did you go, Mr. Stamatis? I'm right here, Oliver. I'm still right here. And they're coming for you. Where, 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 where was I? I promise you, I will let you know where Ethan's lab is as soon as I find out. That's not the only reason I'm calling. Oh, Louisa must have called. Well, Listen I, to me for a second. I think I need to rest. I'm with Michael. He's in the hospital, and I wanted to let you know. Michael? You, you found him? Where was he? Wait, Michael? He was trapped in a secret office on top of Third Sight, or... Half trapped, half self-isolated by choice, he was like finding himself or something. And now he's at the hospital? Is 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 he okay? He's a bit malnourished, but otherwise, yes. His his food supply got cut off. I think Phil was sending food up the tubes, and when we arrested Phil, we inadvertently shut off the child. Oh my god, he could have died. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Long story, but to get him out, someone needed to take his place. So now someone else is up there and Who who is it? We we need to help them. Yeah. About that, are you busy right now? Wait, you you want me to go get whoever is at third sight? Someone wants to talk to you about that. Is Emily around? Not yet, but she's due back any... Great. You said you're coming up on MGH soon? We're pulling into the station now. Cool. Expect a visitor shortly. 
but talk to Michael in the meantime. And I know this horse is getting beaten into brisket, but if you figure out the location of that lab... You're my first call, I promise you. Hey! Nika! Michael! Uh, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, The nurses just came in and they don't want me on the phone. But I wanted to let you know, I think what you're doing is very brave. Thank you. I'm proud of you. And I think Leon is too. I am. Uh, Gotta go. Uh, your visitor there yet? She is. Talk to you soon. Mallory. What's shaking, boss lady? Did Dimitri send you? Nah, sent way back to the fucking fool and jumped into a big goddamn tube. Got your buddy Michael out, though. I'm sure you've heard that by now. I have. But now Dimitri's stuck as a candied fuck inside some office. Thought maybe you could help me get him out. You're more than capable of doing that on your own. Fucking A, I am. That's not the point. And the point is what exactly? I come to the rescue and we make amends? Now that he's in trouble, now that he's done something good, all's forgiven, that simple? All is most definitely not forgiven. I didn't mean... You know, Scentwipe drives me banana fucking splits, because if he wants to do something, he just fucking does it. Like, I wanted to punch his toothy little shit-eating grin the moment he jumped into that glassed-in Enterprise transporter-looking motherfucker. Just hopped right in there like he was alone in his house and about to take a shower, totally fucking normally. That's part of the reason I like the guy, and also part of the reason I can't stand him. He's impulsive. And like, shit, I'm impulsive. I like our little adventures, exploring the old tunnels like underneath the stations. I think that's why we fucking clicked, despite the fact that he can be a pompous, up-his-own-ass, bud-for-brains little shit stain. He's the only guy I know who isn't freaked the fuck out seeing big-ass city rats. And, you know, that day on the train when good old Chucko was getting his holy fucking matrimony on, and it started raining hot-as-fresh-horseshit beans like a motherfucking molasses monsoon? I didn't sit around thinking, dum-da-dum, I wonder what I should do. Now, fuck that. I just protected those precious little doves. Because they needed me. Because they were helpless. And because I was there to help them. You shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been hurt. And I'm sorry that you were. And yes, I know what you're saying. And yes, as I'm sure you figured out by now, the octobuckle, your burns, it was partly my fault. Or entirely my fault. I I take all the blame. I'll take all your anger. I deserve it. But I can't be there for someone who wasn't there for me. You don't under-fucking-stand, do you? I'm about to get personal up in this bitch. And if you know anything about me, you know I do not fucking do that. So let this information be a goddamn Prudential Tower-sized exclamation point that hopefully makes something crystal fucking Pepsi clear to you. You know the one place I can't stand the most? The one place Mallory completely de-fucking tests? The place I think of as nothing but a goddamn bullshit ball wrapped inside a deep-fried asswipe wonton? It's a party bus. You know how a party bus isn't really about having a good time with friends, right? It's more about opening a window and taunting people on the street who aren't, like, with you, on a roaming drunken breeding ground for STDs and alcohol poisoning, complete with fuck-my-eyes-blind strobe lights and cranked house music you don't even fucking like. Don't you wish you were in here right now? Uh, no, bitch. I prefer the goddamn street. I prefer the middle of Route fucking 128 at 2 a.m. filled with drunk goddamn drivers and murderous massholes. I'd rather you run me the fuck over than get on that shitty roadshow of public drunken desperation. Like, bars aren't already sad displays of pathetic people at their absolute worst. Oh no, some shithead of an asshat has to be like, Hey, I got an idea. Let's take a bar and put it on wheels. Gonna string that dickwad up by his fucking nutsack if I ever find him. So, 
For a long time, my mom was a bit of a mess. She had her ups and downs, lots of downs. But there was this time, this one specific time, when I really needed her. I needed my mom to be my fucking mom, you know? Like how most moms are. And she said she would. She said she would be there for me. And I said, Mom, look, I know we've had our differences, but you are going to fucking be there for me this time, aren't you? Yes, Mallory. Of course, Mallory, I'll be there. And she wasn't. She didn't show. Where did she go? She went on a fucking party bus. So she could be seen. So she could get attention for being the complete fucking fuck-up of a human mess that she is. That was that for her and me. I don't give a flying fuck about you forgiving him. I'm giving you a chance for me to forgive you. I'll be at third side at four. Hope to see you, boss lady. Have you ever refused to forgive someone for something? And if you're okay talking about it, what was it? Yeah, in a sense, I was uh, in a relationship that was really bad. And I'm not connected with that person. And that person has tried to reach out to me in the past. And I don't know if it's a matter of forgive or just turning my back and being done with that period of my life. I, I would never forgive the person, but I don't even know if I'd ask for forgiveness. I'm just done. I do think people can change and sometimes we say a lot of stuff we don't mean or like ourselves are going through a tough time and I try to think of like all the different angles of it and so um, I think in the end most actions are pretty forgivable. There was someone that like bullied me in middle school but I haven't seen her since eighth grade so I don't know what would happen if we met again. It would probably just be really awkward and we wouldn't talk at all. Yes, when I was a kid um, I used to own this little pet puppy with a German Shepherd. Me and my mother had to go out for about a week for a bit, uh, to hang out with our family at a family reunion, but they said we couldn't bring it. So I left it with one of my f uh, friends who said they would take good care of it. We came back a week after the week, only for me to find out that my German Shepherd was let out the house, ran down the street, and before they could catch it, it got hit by a car. I'm so sorry. We all make mistakes, no one's perfect, so I try. Like I've, I've never been in a position where I've been like, I will not forgive you for doing X, Y, and Z, because then I, don't, I can't move forward. I was, politely to say, very mad at them, because when I asked them why they do that, they said, oh, we thought he just needs some fresh air. I said, if you need a fresh air, why don't you take him for a walk mm -hmm. instead of opening the door and let him out? They said, oh, it was fenced up, I was like, my German Shepherd also likes to jump over things as a challenge. Their fence was about waist high. Nah, not not yet. Not yet. I'm pretty, I'm pretty forgiving. A glass of wine, please. Another gin and tonic, thank you. Wow, look who we have here. Yes, here I am. If you're planning to berate me, dump your drink on me, or spit in my face. I'd prefer you do so in the reverse order. At least that way, the drink offers a bit of a corrective to the spittle. 
Yeah, that's not my style. I'll join you, though, if you don't mind. Please do. I'd introduce myself, but it seems my infamy has made such formalities superfluous. I'm Nika. Really? You're the second Nika I've met recently. I wouldn't have thought it was such a common name. It's short for Nicoletta. That's lovely. Thanks. What's with the other drink there? The bourbon? It's for someone I met last time I was here. He engaged in a contest of will with it and came out on top. I was less impressed at the time than I ought to have been. Michael Tate. I know him. Good guy. He was the last person to see you before you left. He's been missing for months, you know. Oh, was... was that my fault? Did I... No, you weren't involved. And anyway, he's just been found. Slightly hungry, but alive and well and sober. Is that why you're here? Celebrating the return of your friend by downing a drink in his stead? No, I'm here for the same reason you are. Same reason so many people come to places like this. And what reason is that, my clairvoyant companion? Avoidance. And what are you avoiding? My responsibility, my guilt, my job, my brother. A drink for each, then? That depends on how strongly I commit to avoiding what I'm trying to avoid. What about you? Ah, sip for each redline voter I swayed simply by refusing to stay silent. A lot of undecideds broke for Bespin after you endorsed Pal. I thought I was helping. Yeah, I know how that goes. I miss teaching. I don't think I ever ruined anyone's life when I was teaching. You know what I miss? Sewing machines. You were a seamstress? Who was a technician. Sewing machine repair. I was really good at that. I don't think anybody really knew how good I was at that. Which is why I wasn't satisfied with it, I guess. You can't really impress anyone with sewing machine repair. Can't hurt anyone either. You'd have to be really spectacularly bad at it for that to happen, yeah. I just want to make it better. The harm that I caused. No, you don't. You want to be forgiven. That is not the same thing. Well, no, not the same thing. But it's the other half. You don't get to trade one for the other. Atonement isn't a transaction. I am not a capitalist. Please, we're not talking economics. You may be all for redistributing the wealth, but when it comes to relationships, all you want is to be CEO of Adulation Incorporated. You thought that if you came back all charming and witty and congratulated everyone on how well they'd done with your plan and put on a little show of contrition, then they'd give you a medal for being man enough to apologize and welcome you back in. Nobody's obligated to forgive you, even if you do mean it when you say you're sorry. And nobody is sure that you really mean it. You're a performer, Chelmsworth. You're still putting on a show and waiting for people to clap. Trust me, I'm the queen of attention-seeking. It seems I've found exactly the spot to go to for pointed lectures from wise strangers. Oh, God, don't try to put that label on me. I hope I've learned something by now, but wise is not my wheelhouse. Hmm. Perhaps. You do know how to turn a phrase, however. Hmm, I stole your shtick there, didn't I? The whole alliteration thing? It's a game for you, right? A way to heighten your performance, block any self-reflection. Funny. The other Nika said something very similar. Well, good. I'm glad we've reached a Nika consensus. Your brother. What did you say his name is? I didn't. It's Dimitri. Dimitri. Yes, of course. May I make an observation about you? Only fair at this point, I guess. You're quite self-disparaging. Much more so than I expect you deserve. You'd think differently if you knew more about me. Perhaps, but 
You criticize yourself in particular for seeking attention. We toss that around as an insult quite a lot. Attention-seeking. Especially at women. And especially at women whose demands are most reasonable. But even setting that imbalance aside, I think it's important to recognize it's not wrong to want attention. There are wrong ways to seek it and wrong people to seek it from. And you're certainly not wrong to suggest that I've been guilty of seeking more than my share. But needing attention is human. It's part of how we feel our own existence, our own significance. Don't hate yourself for needing something everyone else needs too. If you need people to know how good you are at repairing sewing machines, tell them. People who really care about you will want to know. Yeah, people who really care about me, sure. It could be worse, Nika. No one ever asked me what I was thinking. Why would they? I didn't do anything. I didn't almost die. I didn't save anyone's life. I didn't even help. With Redline, you mean? With anything. Oh, I get close sometimes. I bring myself up to the brink. But I'm too much of a coward to commit. That's my real shtick. I couldn't even commit to running away this last time. Words of a stranger brought me back. Words of a fellow coward seeking attention convinced me that forgiveness was possible. You... Twelve hours off from leaving forever, and still you tried to convince me to drop everything and run away. You offered me a place in your story. You... you got my letter? Did you really mean it? Did you really believe that I might say yes? That I had stopped being a coward? Was that my last chance? Was that the moment you gave up on me? Another shot, barkeep. And one for my friend. I'm... I'm not even done with my wine. There's another reason people come to bars, you know. An old-fashioned phrase with modern relevance. Liquid courage. I gave your letter to the other Nika. She thought she could deliver it. No idea if she succeeded, but either way, I think it's clear. Those words would best be delivered by you, don't you think? Bottoms up. Emily, hello. Where are you? I need that portfolio for the Yard Goats meeting. I put it on your desk. I just had to run a few errands. Well, hurry back. There's a whole bunch of lab equipment Ethan needs, and you know how I feel about peon work like ordering things. Ugh. Plus, my sweet little cinnamon stick and I have a date tonight, and I want to tell him his items are well on their way. Oh, you... you guys are going on a date tonight? Yes. Oliver finally made good on his word. Do you need me to make a reservation? Good thinking. Two for parsnip, eight o'clock. Great. And if you give me the order, I can do it now over the phone. I am not your assistant, Nika. Giving it to you over the phone would put me in the same peon position as ordering it myself. It's on your desk. You included the address, right? Would hate to have the equipment crowding up your office. Ugh, I'll write it down with the order. Now hurry! Get back to the office, call Louisa, make a reservation at the best restaurant in Redline, get to third site by four. Have an hour. Ugh. Is the liquid courage working? Maybe. What about you? I'll keep drinking until I'm brave enough to know what's next. And then, hopefully, I'll be brave enough to commit to it. Good luck, Mr. Mayor. Please, Paul Montgomery. Or Paul. Call me Paul. Good luck, Paul. The group gathered in Isabel's rail home had the location of the lab. 
it was now time for their plan. It began when Isabel took control over the Red Line PA system for one final time. Citizens of Red Line, this is Isabel Powell. Two days ago, I asked you to wait for my signal. Well, the signal is here. The time is now. The place is Wonderland. Look for the signs and help at Park Street Station on Red Line, Government Center on Green, Straight Street on Orange, and Wonderland on Blue. We may be leaving home for a time, but by the time we return, Red Line will be synonymous not with racism, but righteousness. People were ready. They had started packing after hearing her announcement, and now they flooded the trains and platforms, overloading the system. They were met by Omi, Charlotte, or Isabel, depending on where people decided to transfer. They were then guided to Wonderland by members of Mr. Paletti's commune. Redline was soon met with staggering train delays. Sorry, folks. Thanks to this big exodus, we're at capacity and we can't fit any more passengers. I tell you there's a train right behind us, but if I'm being perfectly honest, that's not exactly the truth. They're dealing with the same mess back there and, well... It's going to be a long night. Meanwhile, Louisa and Melissa were navigating a tunnel connected to Kendall MIT, looking for the entrance to a narrow pathway that went to the lab. Is that it over there? Yeah, but there's no good place to hide undetected. We're kind of exposed over here. We could climb on top of the train once it arrives. That's incredibly dangerous, Melissa. And the rest of this isn't? Have you met the person we're saving? He's not worth you risking your life. We'll find something else. Across the river... Gemma and Isaiah waited at Andrew Station for a very specific train filled with people dressed in denim jackets adorned with patches and ripped black jeans. Isaiah had a friend who co-managed the Red Rat, Redline's premier music venue, located at the tail end of an inbound train. You sure your friend is cool with this? Yeah, he owes me a big favor. I do a lot of show posters designs for him. He pays shit and he knows it. Their train pulled in. The front, noticeable for converted features, buck teeth, beady eyes, grinning mouth, oval ears. The bouncer nodded at Isaiah and waved them inside. No cover. What time does the music start? When I give the signal. That must be some serious poster art. Near Kendall, Louisa and Melissa discovered a catwalk a few yards down the tunnel, which might offer a good vantage point. Ah, so the only problem is how to reach it. Uh, Melissa? Give me a boost. Who just carries around a grappling hook? Ladies making a difference. You probably don't want to know what else is in there. What is that? Emily, climb! I always hated doing this in gym class. It's finally date night, my love. Your mare awaits. There stands the vision of elapsed ataraxia. You always know just what to say to me. Shall we? To Paul, this is computer. Come in. We're in position. Computer? Be easy, grappler girl. The red rat train was lurching over the river. Copy, computer. They're in position. It looks like Ethan has a seriously heavy-duty door leading to the lab. Combine that with the fact that he's not home? What are you getting at? What if nobody comes out to investigate all the racket? You think he'd leave a prisoner tied up alone? A dipshit could just be chilling with 
Won't they come out? We stick to the plan and hope for the best. Problem? We'll see. You sure the band isn't going to stop no matter what? Define the what in no matter what. Just get ready to bring the ruckus. Do we have everything we need? Hairspray? Check. Lighter? Check. Hunting knife? Check. Let's do this. Isaiah and Gemma queued up in line outside the last car. Isaiah signaled his friend Maddie to start the band. They began playing just as the red rat pulled into Kendall. I see the lights. They're pulling into the station. Where are you going? I'm going to get next to that door, so if anyone comes out, I can keep it open. Wait, Melissa, wait! Right before entering the tail section of the Red Rat, Gemma reached for the emergency stop lever. Not yet. Not yet. She waited until the club's doors were aligned with the labs and... Now! This was the signal for Louisa to drop the fireworks. Bombs away, bitches! Come on, you rusty cheese buckets! Come outside and meet the rat! Gemma and Isaiah entered the club. They waited and waited. The train gave a slight lurch forward. No! And then. What in the blazes? Doors! Melissa shoved Oliver into the red rat, right past Isaiah and Gemma who darted out of the train, straight past Melissa, and into the tunnel leading to the lab, and straight into three cheese robots. Fuck you, fondue. That's when Isaiah and I take out our huge cans of hairspray and lighters. Man, I have to say, I've never felt this alive. Gemma? Isaiah? Go cut him loose. I'll fend them off. I rush over and remove his restraints. He's weak and sinks against me. Getting him out is going to be fun. The ball. Where's my ball? He took it. He took it with him. Oliver? Ethan. Damn it! Okay, hang on to me. Get back. Back! We rush back through the tunnel, hurling fireballs at the cheesemongers the whole way. Louisa and Melissa are waiting for us outside. More cheese robots close in on us from outside the lab. We try and shut the door to the lab, but it's controlled by a keypad. Bondu bots are gaining on us from inside, too. Slower, but undeterred. We hobble to the Kindle station as they speed up their approach. All we hear are the sounds of their mechanical legs getting louder as we hit a wall of commuters and have nowhere to go. Gemma! I know. We turn around as they approach, some of them still glowing with fiery embers. We stand our ground, ready to fight... And probably lose. And then... Hey! Leave him alone! Hey, come on, leave him alone! Hey, metalhead! The commuters come to our aid. Out of nowhere, throwing whatever they have on him. Books, packs of gum, cups of dunks. Then a train comes, slowly headed inbound. Packed to the gills with fellow pilgrims. We disappear into the rest of the exodus and make our way to Wonderland. Gemma, I, I think I'm going to change my name. Freed Paletti. Freed Friend Paletti. <sighs> A fucking course you are.
Dimitri was watching the news coverage of the Exodus on Oliver's television when the chainsaw noise began. Sure hope that's Mallory, not like Jason. It wasn't Mallory, and it wasn't Jason. Nika. We tried going up the elevator, but it's locked, so we had to cut our way up and over. Mallory's waiting in the other room at the bottom of the next floor. Uh, there's a rope to climb down, a circle we cut into the ceiling. Uh, floor. <laughs> Thank you. Have you seen this? It's remarkable. A mass exodus. All these people are leaving Redline. They're going to... to Wonderland. Wow. All because of that awful woman you work for. She pushed them out, and this is how they've responded. Please don't talk about things you don't understand. I, I didn't mean to... Okay. Okay, you're right. Should have just stopped and thank you. I need to ask you something. Of course. Why did you come back? Well, I wanted to... I saw something. Something that made me realize I was wrong. You saw something. I have something to share with you. I received a letter to both of us from Leon. What? I, I haven't read it yet, but I That's thought... That's sick, Dimitri. Uh, no, no, I, I it, know it sounds crazy, but... It doesn't sound crazy. It is crazy. You're just going to have to deal with it all. You were just going to have to deal with the fact that you weren't here and you can't fantasy your way out of this one. You can't make up some fictional closure. It won't work for me and it won't work for him. He is gone and you weren't here and there is absolutely nothing you can do about that now. Okay. But don't... Don't you want to know what it says? You should get going. Mallory is waiting for you. Nika, if you change your mind, I think I know where I'm going. I'll be at Wonderland. A couple years too late. Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Andreessen with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. Thank you to our Patreon supporter, Rasmus. You too can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. This episode featured Lydia Anderson as Gemma Linzer Coolidge, Julia Morizawa as Omi Agawa, Mario DeRosa Jr. as Isaiah Powell, Summer Unson as Charlotte Linzer Coolidge, Jessica Washington as Isabel Powell, Julia Shafimi as 23 Skidoo, Tanya Milojevic as Melissa, Jake Del Rio as Fox Fossil, Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Kelly McCabe as Nika Stamatis, James Capobianco as Dipshit Paletti and Paul Chelmsworth, Mike Linden as Oliver West, Julia Propp as Luisa Alvarez, James Oliva as Michael Tate, Joanna Bodnick as Mallory, Sam Musher as Emily Bespin, Jim Johansson as Rusty, Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin, and James Johnston as Dimitri Stamatis, with Tanya Milojevic and Jack Peavy House as MBTA commuters. Charlie and the MTA by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tidi. Child Grove by Dirk Tidi. Gigantic Greater Boston, thank you to Great Lakes USA for allowing us to use their song, The Best Banded O'Briens. If you like what you heard, check out their band campaign for more songs. Link in the show notes. Transcripts available at greaterbostonshow.com. Hang on. What happened? I somehow went to, like, the bottom of the script. Oh. I was like, dipshit my heart? No. <laughs> I am. I am. I am what I am. <laughs> Where the hell is the party boss? Greater Boston is brought to you by Dove Soap. Ain't nobody dove as me. I'm just so fresh and clean. So fresh and so clean clean. The Fable and Folly Network. 
where fiction producers flourish. Oh, hey, friends, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. You don't know me, but I'm going to introduce you to Dungeons and Dragons, where I play D&D with my friends, and, th- and they're going to become your friends because you're going to love us so much. I mean, maybe, maybe you won't love us, but we'll love you. Let me give you a taste of the show in 42 seconds. Let's go. You must have a, f- a-, a flask. He's anything. got a satchel. This is the most disappointed <laughs> way I've ever heard anyone say the word satchel. Cost. How much is a donkey cost? Russ, how much is a donkey Russ, cost? Much is the a question donkey everyone cost? wants to know. <laughs> For one hour. It's concentration. So if you do another concentration spell. It's abjuration, you doink. It's concentration. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like exactly the sort of person you should probably tell your friends about. The kind that are there and say, like, weird, mysterious things and then just disappear? Yeah, that's why I'm telling oh, you. Okay. Also, he had three eyes. Oh! We're having this rager. I mean, Lich Astley and the Magic Magic Missiles is going to be playing later tonight. <laughs> is he ever going to give you up? <laughs> never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Orcus is going to rule all and he won't desert you. What else do I need to tell you? We're Dungeons & Dragons. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or at dumbdragons.com. We can't wait to adventure with you.